us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Good morning. I'm very happy to be preparing this show for presentation when I will be on holidays camping with my horses at the Sandraska Park, uh, where you can access the Ganaraska Forest. And the Ganaraska Forest is over 11,000 acres of varied types of forest and hundreds of kilometers of trails that are used by horseback riders and motorized bikes. Um, you won't be able to call in today or use the online chat, but you know that I'm always here to answer your questions. You can email me anytime at lynn at stepright.ca. Uh, that's lynn, L-Y-N-N, at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. I get a lot of calls and emails from people <clears throat> who are concerned that they may be missing out on something in their financial planning. They're afraid that they might be making a mistake that they're not even aware of, uh, that could be costing them money uh, and lifestyle. Uh, I'm offering a free 30-minute consultation by phone, so send me an email and we'll arrange a mutually convenient time to chat. That's lynn at stepright.ca, L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. Our topic today is three critical steps to making financial decisions. How did it all get to be so complicated? Why do so many feel inadequate to make financial decisions? What can you do to get through the maze of information that's out there? My guest this morning is Carol Glover, and the format will be a little different today because Carol's going to be the interviewer, and I'm going to answer the questions. So Carol um, Glover attended Conestoga College and Laurentian University. She's been a consultant with Air Canada and ASL Infotech, Carol is an internet radio show producer at Inspired Choices Radio Station. She has a project management professional designation and over 20 years of intense corporate experience in which she's developed an amazing ability to meet business challenges with viable solutions. In 2009, Carol founded Firehorse Consulting and continues to provide management and advisory services. By applying creativity, agility, humor, and strength of purpose, Carol's able to steer her clients to breakthroughs that simplify life and business and reduce stress. Carol works with the inner energy of small businesses separate from the individual who created it. Her specialties are coaching people to work effectively and efficiently to apply practical business practices to create more balance and less stress. Carol advises her clients how to effectively market their businesses. Carol also makes use of Reiki and Access Consciousness, the bars, and MTVSS. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Lynn. I'm excited I'm so to be doing this. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that you can join us this morning. Me too. I'm sure I'm going to learn a ton as well. <laughs> Super. So, this is this is cool that we're turning the tables a little bit. And I get to interview you. Yeah. Um, if you want to, maybe we should just sort of 
take a second so that we can get to know you a little bit. Like, have you always been a saver and planner personally? A planner and a saver. Yeah, I tend to be uh, a little on the analytical side, so yes, I can remember. Um, I can remember back years ago. Um, I spent a whole day once doing a doing a budget for our family. And I I took all of the, you know, we I figured out what we spend every year on things, and I divided it by the monthly amount to come up with, you know, just, just the right amount of, you know, what we spent on everything. And my husband being a very different kind of planner, you know, I told what I'd been spending my time doing, and and he he said, well, we spend about this much on hydro, we spend about this much on that, we spend about this much on that. And, you know, really, he came out, uh, you know, about uh, 30 bucks different than, you know, what wow. I spent all day creating. So I learned a lot about different styles that day. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. So why is it so important to you for yourself and for, for the people that you work with? that they do this planning? Um, well, planning to me is very important. I mean, I, I'm i always willing to work with clients, making decisions to, you know, when we get to this point that we'll already know what we're going to do or that we have something in place so, you know, if something goes off track, we've already decided what we do at that point. You know, one of the you know, there's all these different transitions in our lives. One of them is that that transition to retirement. Well, let's think about this. Let's know ahead of time um, what we're going to do when we get to that crossroads. Let's really have thought it through, not just making a decision today and we've got to have, you know, paperwork in next week. Let's, let's have spent, you know, a couple of years on this, that we know that we've thought about all the implications of all the things that, um, that we need to consider. Hmm. Awesome. So I believe that what you've been able to do is to come up with some, some of the critical steps to financial success. Right. And um, I think what we'll do is we'll go through some of those but how do you use these critical steps and, and tailor them for each individual? Well, that's a very good question because um, we are all unique. And um, and that's another reason why we need to plan is we are all so different in our experience and what we want to accomplish and, you know, the influences we've had in our lives um, and just what, you know, what's important to us. Um, and that's, that's why it's really important that we have a, you know, a unique plan that is tailored to our own, uh, our own situation. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, you know, through listening to your shows and, and knowing you previously, one of the things that I really admire is that you don't only take into account um, building personal wealth for now and for retirement, but you also take into account the whole social, um, I'm not going to say social responsibility, that's not the word I'm looking for, but the desire to, to want to give back and to leave a legacy. And you work that really well into the whole, into the entire picture. 
Well, I think it's important because I, I think it is a I think it is natural. Um, you know, I think it is part of our 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 natural makeup that that we want to make a difference while we're here, um, and and so you know our financial resources are are part of that um, are part of that equation, um, and I think it leads to our happiness and our fulfillment. Awesome. All right, Lynn. So, what you've got three critical factors. So, mm-hmm. what's the first one? Well, the first step is really simple, but it's difficult at the same time, and that is the willingness to take action. Most of us know what that action is because usually it's something we've been thinking about doing, but we just haven't done it. It usually means making a phone call. Um, It could be to ask for help getting started. It could be you know, to ask for a second opinion on something that you're already doing. It's reaching out. Uh, Lots of people who need help don't get it because they don't want to ask. Sometimes they just don't get around to it. Uh, Sometimes they don't want to ask because they feel they should have done a better job up to this point or they're embarrassed that they don't know more about it or they feel that by this time in their lives they should have more money, they should be farther along, um, you know, or it may be that they think they don't need to plan because they don't have enough already. And really all these things point to the fact that they do need some help. And it can become a vicious cycle, right? I don't have enough, so I won't ask for help, but because I don't ask for help, I don't get started. Um, I don't know enough, so I don't ask for help. Because I don't ask for help, I don't know enough. Um, So the first step is to stop waiting for that ideal time to start and reach out for help or ask for a second opinion. We can always do better with support, and it's always less scary with help. Yeah, I think finances, especially personal finances, can be such a touchy subject, like isn't that one of the leading causes of fights between between spouses? Like, then why Absolutely. would you want to go somewhere else for more help? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, and, and sometimes you do. Sometimes when speaking with a couple, you you do um, find you know the uh, the soft spots too. <laughs> you 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 can do that, but uh, yeah. you know, it's always better to to know where you're at and and where you're going rather than to to leave it to chance. But I I there is an analogy, and it's it's kind of like Carol. If I said to you, you know, I met this great psychiatrist, and he's really helping me with my bipolar and my depression and I really think he could help you too. <laughs> you know, it's it's just people don't want to talk about their money yeah. sometimes. You know, yeah, and it's sure. you know, so as you said, it becomes a very personal thing, you know, almost like, you know, speaking about mental yeah. health. I had another um another uh friend said to me the other day, you know, why is it that, that people will discuss the most intimate details of their sex life but they don't want to talk about money? <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. So are there ways that people can can do that first step to reaching out and is, is there a way for them to take those steps that are a little bit softer and a little less intimidating than phoning a total stranger? Hmm. Um I I think that, you know, a lot a lot of um a lot of times 
you know, people ask their friends for referrals, um, you know, for suggestion of somebody that they're working with successfully. I think that's, you know, that's a good way. If your friend, you know, trusts them, that's a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly, um, you know, I'm hoping that the I'm hoping that the radio show makes things a little less intimidating too. Um, you know, it's it doesn't have to be all about uh, jargon and products and you know um, all these taglines and um, you know market information and it doesn't ha- that's that's not primarily what it needs to be about. Right. Right. Cool. So. Um, what other, uh, (laughs) a a question just popped into my mind and I'm trying to frame it. Um, what are some of the sources that people can go to as that first step to reaching out? Like other than you, or in addition to someone like you, um, where else can they get information they trust? Like not everything you read online is true obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, so. and there's so much out there that, that it is really intimidating. I really believe in my heart the best way is is to sit with a planner. Um, the planner can ask you a lot of questions to help clarify where you're going and what you need to do. Um, you can't, you know, learn everything about everything before you start. Um, mm. You know, so I think that, you know, speaking with someone who can um, simplify it down to the things that you do need to know, I think it's I think it's really important to make that step to work with someone. That's awesome. That totally makes sense because typically, especially for a touchy subject like this, I would try to do as much as I can online, but that's not really getting you where you need to go. Oh, there's or, so much. Where, there's so much there. You, you, yeah. <laughs> there, and it all turns it, out it, to be marketing. It's that overwhelming <laughs> thing. You know, it, it's that overwhelming yeah. thing. It it could lead to paralysis. Again, yeah. trying to research everything yourself is is going to lead to not doing anything because yeah. there's so much out there that that you're going to be overwhelmed. Yeah. So should we take a little break and come back and talk sure. a little bit more about this? Awesome. Thanks. You bet. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S., 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. 
Now, back to the program. We're back. This is Step Right with Lynn. Uh, this is a recorded show, um, so you can't call in today or um, or come on to the online chat, but you can certainly email me anytime at lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. The topic of our show today is three critical steps to making financial decisions, and my guest is Carol Glover, um, and that's the topic that we're discussing today. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. And so far we've gone over your first critical step and that was to actually reach out and ask and ask for the help. Um but the the key point that came out of that I think that really hit home for me is that you really have to speak with someone that you trust and mm-hmm. you know, stop this uh, not so much just trying to read up on it and search stuff on Google, but actually speak to someone that can can devise a plan that's really meant for you. Yeah, and I think it's important, Carol, um, you know, what we've come up with is that, you know, it is more of a relationship, so it's important that you find someone that you can work well with, right? Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, the, the same as, you know, you would choose uh, almost, you know, almost like how you would choose your partner because this is, you know, this a financial planner um, in the ideal circumstances is with you for a long time. Uh, you know, so you really should have someone that you do feel very comfortable um, talking about because there's a lot of things that, you know, you probably don't share with a lot of people that really it's necessary to share with your financial planner. Great point. All right, what's the second critical um, aspect to this? Well, the second step is to really create clarity around what you want money to do for you. Um, And this is the step where I believe we often rush. Um, To do a great job for a client, I need to really understand what they want. And money is important to different people for different reasons. Um, For instance, to my mother... um, Money always meant how far could she travel with that amount of money? Where could she go? <laughs> um, you know, for me, it's likely defined by how many weekends I can spend camping with my horses, or you know, having the you know the ability, the the cash flow that you know I can um, you know spend spend things that that I want you know to do with the horses. You know, I've bought a uh, a nice trailer to carry my horses, and I've got a nice new truck right now. Um, you know, a truck probably doesn't mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Some people, a truck would be important. I know that, you know, for you, you love spending time at your cottage. So, right. you know, that investment was was probably really important to you. Mm-hmm, definitely. So it's an imperative that an advisor understand what you want your money to do for you. Some want growth, some want security. Uh, is the investment for retirement or emergency or education to buy a car uh, for the down payment on a house? What do you plan to use the money for? What experience have you had in the past with investments? Have you had good experiences or bad experiences? 
Um, are you comfortable with market volatility? Um, or can you just not tolerate, um, you know, seeing an investment lose some money in the short term? Um, so if I understand all of that, then I can suggest the appropriate product. You know, that's when you can get in and say, well, you need an RSP or you need a tax-free savings account um, or you need certain insurance coverage, um, you know, to achieve what you want to do. What we're looking for is an appropriate investment that will give the person what they're looking for. You know, I'm not even sure if you're if you're aware, but I think that you worded something really, really importantly, and that's what do you want your money to do for you? Like we spend so much time focusing on things we can do for money, like what we can do to get more money or or build our our portfolio or our wealth or whatever. But right. I think you really you really hit it on the head there. Like, what do you want it to do for you? Mm-hmm. It's it's an exchange, right? Money is an exchange. Yeah. And uh, and it's got to do something for you. I think that's yeah. really important. Mhm. I do too. I think it is key, and I think that I think we we often shortchange that that step. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Um, so, I don't know, do we go right into the third step? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that... to take you next. <laughs> yeah, well, it, pr- providing clarity as the second step, yeah. I think that, um, you know, while it's not a... Um, you know, it's it's not a rocket science kind of thing. It's not a technical thing. It's just let's have enough discussion um, around um, what's important to you before we plan. You know, before we get too much into products and things. And and I think that's the uh, that's the message in that step. Yeah, and I think you probably ask questions that people haven't really considered before, so they may have to take it away and really really think about it for a minute. Right. Right. Yeah. And and again, it's something that that, you know, if you haven't thought about that before, this is the opportunity to do it and and we we you know, there's lots of things that that we put off thinking about that that it's good to just set a little time aside and really clarify. Right, right. Okay, and then what is then the third the third critical step? The third step is that we it's really, really important to have a written financial plan. And I can't stress the importance of the written financial plan enough. It doesn't have to be complicated and you don't need to do it by yourself. But here's the thing. If you were going on a long trip to a place you'd never been before, you'd likely use a map. And because you've got a map, you've got an idea when you'll get there, you've got an idea how much gas it's going to take or what it's going to cost, you know if you're going to take cars or trains or boats or planes, Um, you can tell if you've gone off course, you can tell if you made a wrong turn because you have the map. If you didn't have the map, you wouldn't know that you'd made a wrong turn. And 
you know what you need to do to get back on track because you have the map. And you should have a written financial plan so you know, for instance, if you're on track to retire when you want. Um, you need to know if you're on track to have the income that you need to do the things you want to do in retirement. You need the plan to monitor your progress. Uh, if you've got no projections for the future, how do you know if you'll have what you need? Uh, you need a plan to know what products or vehicles you're going to use to get you where you want to go. Um, and it doesn't mean that you've lost flexibility because you have a plan. Um, it doesn't mean that, you know, that we've, we've tied you down to something. As things change around you, uh, you're better able to see what you have to do to get back on track. And you know, sometimes life does throw us a detour. Um, but it's always better to know where that planned road was so we can get back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. You just you just almost answered what I was going to ask because I find it's the same as in project management. You know, you spend so much time on a plan and analyzing the risks and all of that stuff, and then as soon as you start actually working on the project, you know, 50 things come up that you never could imagine. Right. And it and it takes you off the off the um a little bit off plat path, but at least you know how to get back mm-hmm. on or you know where you're getting back on, I guess. Mhm. Mhm. Right. Yeah. So, how often does that plan get reviewed then? You know, it 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 depends on the person and it depends on the stage at life where they're at as well. Uh, you know, rule of thumb is that, you know, you should be touching base at least once a year. But uh, when people are going through life changes, um, then it may be necessary to review more often. Um, any change in life is really a good time to take stock again. Um, you know, when people, you know, purchase a home, when people have a child, um you know the a new job a loss of job a transition you know to retirement that you know that we don't think enough about that transition to retirement but it really is a huge shift because you've spent the rest of your life you've been you know putting money away for retirement for this time that you're going to require these resources and then when you start in retirement to start to draw from those resources uh, it's a real shift in the way that you're thinking and so that's a period of time the period of time up until that like the last few years the last five years you might you know go over things you know more often the last two years you might be meeting more often to to really uh, go through things and make sure that people are confident, um, and then certainly that that early time in retirement um, when they're seeing their plan come into action, but they still have to believe that it's going to work. So you know that's a critical time um, to to spend a little bit more time going over things just to to keep that confidence level high. So have you ever um, come across? a situation where the plan, for whatever reason, whether it's a a windfall or a complete change in direction in the person's life, 
like something really big happens where the whole plan is just sort of out the window and you've got to think of something different altogether. Um, no, because I think that, you know, your your goals, your priorities, the things that you want, the things that are important to you, um, you know, that, that clarity um, is still reflected in the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're still you're still going to use those if you've got more resources you're still going to use them towards the things that are important to you um you know if it's if we have less resources um you know it's the the goal is still going to be how can we do how can we um how can we make things happen in a way that that's going to provide satisfaction and and fulfillment um, from those resources, so I don't think you ever throw out the plan because there's so much in it that's so personal to each individual. Right, and I guess you would get down to some of the core things that the person is about. Yeah, and and, and you know certainly you know there's numbers involved, um, but really key is what's important to you. Right. So if you have someone who starts like in the hole, so to speak, like really far in debt or whatever, and and they have these ideas that they're going to retire it or they really want to retire at 55 and and all of that, like and there's a short amount of time in between then, how do you bring on the reality in that financial plan? Well, again, um, everybody's situation is is so unique, so it's always hard to kind of generalize. Uh, you know, in some cases, you know, if we've got a few years to work on this, <clears throat> in some cases we're looking at, okay, how are we going to pay down that? Um, how how are we going to pay down that debt? Um, you know, if there's if there's a home involved in a mortgage, um, you know, is there going to be downsizing? Are we going to uh, you know, go into retirement and and still have a mortgage. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of options with you know with our mortgages at this point. You know, just because you've been making really high payments until that point, uh, in order to try and pay it down, which is good. In retirement, we may just do a restructuring where you know we reduce the payments. Um, Everybody's answer to any question is always really individualized. Right. Okay. On that note, I guess we'll go to another break and uh, come back for more. You bet. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. 
To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to our show today entitled Three Critical Steps to Making Financial Decisions. This is part of Step Right with Lynn. Uh, Carol Glover and I have been discussing uh, the three critical steps. Um, welcome back, Carol. Thanks. It's It's been really informative. <laughs> <laughs> So let's review those three steps again. Okay, so we have uh, to, the willingness to take action um, is the first thing. So uh, we have to uh, be willing to take that first step, uh, which often is asking for help. Uh, we need to create clarity uh, around what you want money to do for you. Um, and then it's really important to have uh, a written financial plan. Right. So what are what's what are some of the biggest misconceptions about this financial plan or about financial planning in general? Wow. Um the biggest misconception um really is uh that there's a secret. Uh it's so this is such an important thing. Um the biggest misconception is that there's a secret and only the rich and successful know this secret. And if we only knew that secret, then we could be rich too. Uh, here's the thing. There is no secret. Uh, there's not just one way to do things. Um, if you think about that trip analogy again, some people will take the freeway. Some people are going to take a, a jumbo jet. Um, Others want to take a leisurely drive on winding roads um, followed by a sailboat ride. Everybody's situation is different and everyone's preferences are different. Everyone's comfort with volatility is different. So what's appropriate for your neighbor and your or your hairdresser or your brother-in-law or your mechanic, it's not necessarily the right course of action for you. We're all unique and we all need our own plan. Um, it can be very unmotivating if you see someone who is successful and you know that you could never do it the way they did it to become successful. <clears throat> so here's the thing. Your way will be unique to you. Right. Right. And I think that's what really kind of coming home to me in this show is just how personal it really is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... One of the big buzzwords, I think it's a buzzword, is um, diversity. What is it? Right. <laughs> for for one thing, what is it really right. in the right. financial world? Yeah. So, yeah, that term diversification, um, when people explain diversification, they usually quote that saying, don't put your eggs all in one basket. Um, and... That analogy may actually be a little bit misleading. Um, it's maybe a, a bit of an oversimplification, because what diversification means 
um, is having investments that include different sizes of companies, um, investments in different kinds of industries, um, portfolio managers who use different styles of management and who use different criteria in choosing investments and different maturity dates on fixed income products. Um, so it's having a mix of a lot of different kinds of investments. The mistake people sometimes make is that they think they're creating diversification by having money at different financial institutions. Uh, so they choose two banks and an insurance company and a credit union. Um, three things can happen there. Um, the investor often holds a similar investment at each institution. Um, and so they haven't created diversification at all, and that's really, really common. Um, the other thing that happens is that there's no advisor helping them create diversification because no one knows what you know, no one may know what they hold in all the different locations unless you have, you know, someone who's who's really digging to make sure that that's, um, that that's happening. And lastly, those smaller amounts that they hold in different places may mean that the balances in that account, in all those different accounts, don't attract the advice they need, they need either, right? Because they've got mm. a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there. And so they're not, um, you know, nobody's really seeing them and saying, okay, well, here's someone who, you know, has some, some money to invest and needs some help. Right. And I think, is there also the chance, too, that if if people have their portfolio spread out a little bit, if one thing performing incredibly well, is there a tendency or a or a, a a little bit of tug for them to just okay for now I'm just going to put everything over there and that kind of right trips kind of us up too yes yes and you're right that that is a part of diversification as well because it's it's never going to be the, the same sector of the market is never going to be year after year the one that's on top when you look at those statistics you know it's sometimes small companies have the best returns sometimes large companies have the best returns you know sometimes it's financial institutions sometimes it's energy it's um you know and so with diversification it means having a little bit of all of that so that you know we don't experience the same kinds of ups and downs that we would have if we were you know put it all in that one as you said yeah right. so you're right that that is an important part of diversification hmm and i guess then too that would depend also on your tolerance for that risk right that's correct yeah yeah, yeah. that makes sense okay so um Is there ever a oh wait, I think <laughs> it just came to me too. I guess that's why it's so important to have someone you know going back to the first the first point about asking for help and and going to someone you trust because they're the ones that are going to be on top of this so that you don't necessarily have to be always looking at the market than how everything is performing because someone like you would know that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. have you, obviously there are major trends that you've seen over time. And so what are some of those major trends and, and how do you adjust 
how you advise people when you see these things happening. Well, I think you know one one of the a bit of key advice is um, you know never get um, too overconfident when markets are good, and never get too discouraged you know when markets are when markets have have gone down. Um, you know both both of those times, like bringing too much emotion into your decisions, um, can make you make the wrong choices at either of those times. Right. right. So it's it's to keep emotion out of to have a plan, you know, to know um you know, if we've done a plan then we know what kind of rate of return we need to get you where you're going. Um and so as long as we are confident that we're going to average out, you know, for the the rate of return that we need to get you where you're going and to do the things that you want to do, um you know, these short term um, uh, the short-term blips, we have to be very careful about, uh, you know, making decisions based on what's happening um, in a in a short term, like, you know, a six-month period or, or even a year. Right. It must be a, a bit of a, a trick, though, to not get emotional <laughs> because, again, it's a touchy subject. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, people do. People um, do get um, do get emotional about the money, but it's you know it's it's very important to really remember that the money is a tool to get us the things that that we want. Um, yeah. And you know that's the guidance that that an advisor can can give you is is to um, you know is to help you. Um, you know, when when things are really good, okay, well, you made a great return this year um, and we're on track because, you know, we've, we've averaged out better than what we need to make your plan work. Um, right. So just putting things in perspective, I think, is, is a really important role of an advisor. Mm-hmm. So how important is it to you as an advisor that the individual um, – makes the effort to be informed themselves as well. Yeah, I um I never I always want people to um to go through the exercise of um you know, discussing why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um everyone has a different um you know, a different need to know or desire to know. Um, you know, some people just want to throw up their hands, and um, you know, so it's to guide them through, you know, understanding enough um, that they understand why we're making the decisions that, and helping them to make decisions. Um, again, that's another thing that's that's very. Um, you know, very unique to the individual because some people want a lot of detail. Um, mm-hmm. Some people want to know a lot about what's happening in the, you know, in the markets, and some people really don't want to know a lot about what's going on in the markets. Um, they just want what they have to know, and um, and and that's it. Uh, because I don't know, some people they find it boring, some people find it distasteful. Um, and other people are really excited about it, like I am, and interested, and think it's really mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, fun would be good. <laughs> yeah. 
So how do you engage people that would rather avoid the topic altogether? They know it's something that has to be done, but for them it's like going to the dentist. Well, I I think it comes all comes back to again knowing what you want the money to do for you. It's it's not always about numbers and but rather uh you know what the goal is. If we can if we can keep people um with the goal in mind, um I think that they have a a better chance of staying engaged, right? right. Um if we're looking at an account and we're saying, okay, this is your down payment for your home, um, it may not all of those, all of the numbers and the, you know, just we're on track where we said we would be, you know, for you to buy your home in two years. That's important to people. Even okay. if even if they're totally intimidated by the numbers and, but that. That is something that's that's real to people, and that's mm-hmm. that's the good kind of emotion that that we want yeah. from yeah. Um, from our planning. Yeah, so it's kind of finding their um, their little tug, I guess. Yeah. Like what what they're really being drawn towards. Mhm. Awesome. Yes, and so that's that's to... important to to be drawn towards something. Yeah. Definitely. So let's go to our last break and we'll come back and talk a little bit about the retirement aspect of it. Okay? Super. Great. Thanks. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S., 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. This is Step Right with Lynn. Uh, I'm Lynn Wedham, and I'm speaking with Carol Glover today. We're discussing three critical steps to making financial decisions. Uh, Welcome back, Carol. Thanks, Lynn. So I think before the break, we were talking a little bit about, you know, finding out what it is that you want your money to for you. And I think one of the major things that people must come to you for or with is, they want a financially secure retirement. Mm-hmm. But what do I? I can kind of see that over time, um, the concept of retirement has changed. Have you For noticed sure. that as well? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think. I think that's. I think that's key. For one thing, um, retirement has become a much longer phase of our lives. Um, 
the old age security um, system, uh, that benefit started in 1952 uh, when the average male life expectancy was 66. Um, And the benefit, um, you know, the payment was expected, um, that began paying at age 70. So, you know, we were looking at um, really who was going to, you know, the majority of people weren't going to even receive that benefit when it was established because they were, life expectancy was 66, but the benefit didn't start to pay till age 70. So a lot of people didn't receive old age security um, back in 1952. And today it's common for people to retire at age 55, and now the male life expectancy is 75. Um, women are expected to live about six years longer than men, and so that brings out you know special challenges for women as well. So an individual who retires at age 55 could actually spend four years in retirement. Wow. So the new retirement is um, it's a longer duration than in past years, um, and along with it with that you know that length of time also comes a shift in our attitude and expectations because you know for the most part you know with advances in in medicine that are keeping our, us alive um we're also expecting uh you know to be healthier and and more active in our retirements as well so in the past retirement you know was sort of considered the end um it was the end of work and the end of our productivity and um the end of adding value and approaching the end of life but um you know, so no wonder, you know, people, um, you know, had trouble adjusting to the concept of retirement. The Japanese, however, have a very different and much more positive concept. And the Japanese talk about it as being the second life. Um, so in the period of, of life and family, uh, your responsibilities have changed. Um, it's a time to think about your inner peace and a time when you can get closer to your soul and dispense your wisdom to the benefit of the younger generations. So mm. now retirement maybe means, yeah, I'm going to give up the job um, that that I was doing, but I'm going to start, um, you know, I'm going to do something that I always wanted to do. Um, I've always wanted to uh, to own a fitness um organization or um, I've always wanted to you know it can be to make that contribution um, to charity or you know some cause that that you wish in the rest of your life you'd you'd had the time to commit to Um, retirement now um, becomes a very active and productive time yeah yeah I think I find a lot more people just sort of switch jobs and, like you said, do something that they've always wanted to do or is more fun for them or, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And and I think ideally having options, um, getting ourselves into a position where we have the option to do those things that we want in retirement is is really critical. Right. And that would be something that you would sort of vet out with them as your as your starting to create that financial plan, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's all part of that uh, that clarity step. Definitely. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is this is actually pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> I kind of really... wasn't expecting this. 
thought I was going to talk about numbers, did you? <laughs> it's always fascinating to speak with you, but then actually like get into some of this meteor stuff. It's it's kind of cool. It is cool. Yes. <laughs> well, Carol, thanks so much um, for being with us today. Um, it's, it, it has been a lot of fun. Um, Thank you, At Lynn. this time, you're welcome. At this time, I'd like to remind everyone to tune in next week. Um, remember, we welcome your comments, Step Right with Lynn. Uh, it's the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. You can send me an email, lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. Uh, let's book a time uh, for your free 30-minute telephone consultation. Um, we can chat about uh, any uh, of those things that um, that you have on your mind financially. Um, certainly, that would be your first step. Um, so uh, that's uh, Lynn at Stepright, L-Y-N-N at Stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. Uh, I'm interested to learn what you think of the show. Um, I'd like to know what topics you'd like to hear more about. And any suggestions you have for guests or for topics, uh, you may know someone that's made a contribution to the community that you know would be a good story that our listeners would be uh, interested to hear about. So give me a shout about any of that. Um, this is Lynn Wedham, and the show is Step Right with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. I'll look forward to chatting with you next week uh, after I've had my uh, my week um, at the Ganaraska Forest with my horses. Bye for now. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn.